Shalom and welcome to Parashah's Christmas, the weekly fix for spiritual lessons taken from the Parashah. Have your coffee and let's take a look at the weekly Torah reading. Today we'll be looking at Parashah Matot, which runs from Numbers chapter 30, verse 2, to chapter 32, verse 42. Enjoy it, and don't forget to give us your feedback on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or via our website. Cross my heart and hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. That was the common saying that we used to say at the playground at school. I swear I didn't do it, I would tell my parents if I'd been wrongly accused. I'd never been in court, but if I would, then I'd have to swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. We might not recognize it, but these rather different scenarios are united by the common topic of oaths or vows. They're strange thing, oaths. Throughout history, right back to the time of the ancients, it has been common practice to swear an oath if we want to confirm to our listeners that what we are telling them is really true. People have sworn on their mother's graves, on their own life, or on the life of a loved one. In America, it's common to swear on the Bible. Whatever oath is used, the meaning is the same. We want people to believe we're telling the truth. A slight variation on an oath is a vow. A vow is a promise that is made, usually confirmed by an oath, to show that we are serious. It seems to almost be a step up from a promise. It's a statement that is unbreakable. Amidst the war and the settling of the first of our tribes and their inheritance in this week's Torah portion, we find a short couple of paragraphs on vows and what happens when people make them. Ultimately, we learn that there are some conditions whereby vows can be broken, but mostly they are to be treated very seriously. In other words, if someone vows to do something, then they should follow through, even when it hurts. The topic of vows might, at first glance, feel a little irrelevant today. Theoretically, we don't really make vows anymore, apart from, say, at a wedding. It's very rare to hear of anyone today vowing to do something. Practically, however, we make vows all the time, we just aren't aware of it. When we promise something to someone, we are essentially vowing to do it. We are putting our word and our reputation on the line. In our modern world, we are still concerned that people believe what we say if we make them a promise. That's why children today still cross their hearts and hope to die when they play with their friends, even if they don't mean it. God, it would seem, is also very concerned that people believe what he says. He wants us to take him at his word. Interestingly enough, back in the book of Bereshit, in chapter 22, God swears an oath. At first glance, this doesn't seem to make sense. After all, God is surely the measure of truth and everything that he says is true. So why does he need to swear an oath? because he wanted to convince Abraham Avinu that what he promises, he keeps. He is the highest authority, and so he swears by himself to bless Abraham. It's tremendously encouraging for us to know that God keeps his vows, promises, and oaths. He promised Abraham that his descendants would be a great people and bless the other peoples of the earth, and that our enemies wouldn't prosper against us. All of this has come to pass right down to this day. I'm grateful that God is not like us. How often have we lied to each other and sworn oaths only to proverbially, or even perhaps literally, cross our fingers and go back on our promise? How often have we said one thing and done another, lied to each other, deceived each other? From politicians to policemen to school pupils, corruption and deception is rife in our societies. We're broken. But thankfully, God does keep his promises. Do you remember how God promises to bless all the people of the earth through Abraham? What do you think he meant? Was he talking about all the Jewish authors, Nobel Peace Prize winners, or filmmakers 
who were to grace the earth with their presence and inspire others to do the same? Maybe, but I think he had something else in mind. In fact, the only blessing that has nothing to do with Abraham that has truly blessed every nation is that of the Messiah. Today, as Isaiah and the Psalmists predicted, the Jewish Messiah, Yeshua of Nazareth, is honored and worshiped by people from around the globe. Why? Because through the Messiah, they've been forgiven. Through him, they've experienced drastic changes in their lives, and through him, they've been filled with hope. There is no greater blessing than having a living and active relationship with God, and that's only possible through the death and resurrection of the Messiah, Yeshua. Today, when someone comes to believe in Yeshua, whether they're in Mongolia or Montreal, God is fulfilling his vow to Avraham Avinu that he made thousands of years ago. Now that's what I call keeping a promise. It's now time for us to do a little introspection. If we're honest, we've made promises to people that we've broken. We haven't kept our word through our fault or through the fault of circumstances. Our own brokenness prevents us from following through where we need it most. The good news is that even though we've broken our promises, God hasn't broken his. He offers us the chance to have a new start, a clean slate, and above all, an active living relationship with him. How do I know? Because he promised it and because I've experienced it. Are you looking for something and someone genuine who will keep their promises and won't let you down? Then come to the Messiah Yeshua and experience his trustworthiness. You won't regret it. Believe me. That's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed our Parashah Espresso. Please don't forget to subscribe to make sure you get the latest episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so please get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or via our website at youthenfearjesus.de.